Hey everybody, this is Ruben, and you're listening to Amazing Stories. The uh, basic problem is, as I see it from my position as both assistant prosecutor and uh, part of your team, is that uh, Dean is going to testify, Magruder is going to testify. This is before the grand jury. There is going to be a positive suggestion that Haldeman and Ehrlichman are deeply involved. Both. Yes, whether it's sufficient to bring about an indictment, there will be statements made, circumstantial evidence right. depicted that right. could raise very serious questions with respect to both of them. There's two things, obstruction of justice and suborning a witness of perjury. Explain that legal point, please. If I had committed a crime, and you knew about it, and you said, go to court and plead guilty, and here is $10,000, you know, to tide you over. That, that isn't a crime. No, on the other hand, if you knew that I committed a crime, right. and you say, right. you go in there and you plead guilty, and here is $25,000 on condition, you say nothing, take the fifth, and the judge cites you for contempt, and you have to testify, and you don't because of that money, then you are now in a position of obstructing Bob, Henry Peterson feels I ought to go on television and do a checkers speech. I can't see that. No, no, this is not the time for that, for checkers. But uh, I talked to John about Peterson's feelings, about your position, yours and Bob and John Ehrlichman's, and there was uh, were thoughts of resignation. Hold on, what about Brother Dean? What about him? He's staying right here on the job. He's grabbing every document in sight by day and talking to the committee, the prosecutors at night. I can't fire Dean. I, I can't risk him going after the president. I, I could issue a statement admitting, yes, yes, I sent that money. Blackmail. $350,000 back to the re-election committee, but it, everything was done at the instigation of and through John Dean. We can't everything run to Dean. Uh, there, there's other things. You might get into about things that happened before. Mr. Peterson, uh, Dean, Magruder, these people who are talking. There's a lot of movement amongst witnesses. Nobody wants to be the last one in, sir. They're all trying to get in first to talk the best deal they can. Uh, I'm so sick of this. I, I want to get it done and over. I don't want to hear about it again. I don't want to belabor the point, but I must tell you that Haldeman and Ehrlichman have not served you well through their connections with Hunt, with the plumbers, other dirty tricks through Watergate they have and will in future cause you embarrassment and embarrassment to the president. I, I can't fire men simply because of the appearance of guilt just to save myself. I have to have proof of their guilt. What you've just said speaks well of you as a man. It does not speak well of you as a president with an overwhelmingly hostile Congress and Senate. Alderman and Ehrlichman have eroded confidence in the presidency. They should go. I'm trying to do what's right. If I didn't believe that, sir, I wouldn't be here. I'm looking back, Bob, to um, March 21st, uh, when John Dean was uh, the cancer on the presidency he was talking, and uh, I have to put up the wagons around me on this particular conversation. I just hope the son of a bitch didn't have a tape recorder on. 
Well, he was trying to warn you at that point, not trying to trap you. Well, I guess you must have surprised him when you said you could get, get the money, a million dollars, whatever. What did he expect me to say? I, we, we can't do it. Uh, but if, uh, if he did record, that, that would be a bomb, wouldn't it? Virtually impossible. If he did, we, we have to fight it. Goddamn, we have to, that there's still a hell of a lot of people out there, you know, they, uh, they, they want to believe. That's the point, isn't it? Sure. Want to and do. Well, if uh, the worst comes to the worst, then Dean's got a tape. <laughs> so, so do we. <laughs> uh, we've got to tell our goddamn story, Bob. All, all the hard years, people saying, screw you, Mr. President, uh, screw you, Tricia. I'm all alone here, Bob. I've lost trust in everybody, trying to figure out who you can trust and who you can't. Yeah, except me. You, you've got to trust me. Bob, it's good of you to come out here. You know, Bob, there's something I've never told anyone before, not even you. Every night since I've been president, every single night, before I've gone to bed, I've knelt down on my knees and prayed to God for help and guidance in this job. Last night, before I went to bed, I knelt down and prayed, Bob, that I wouldn't wake up in the morning. I just couldn't face going on. John, it's good of you to come out here. You know, John, there's something I've never told anyone before, not even you. Every night since I've been president, every single night before I've gone to bed, I have accepted resignations from two of my closest associates, two of the finest public servants it has been my privilege to know, Bob Haldeman and John Ehrlichman. The counsel to the president, John Dean, has also resigned. I am determined we shall get to the bottom of this matter. Alleged improper actions took place in my re-election committee. I was busy at that time, and it would be easy to blame others. But the man at the top is responsible. That responsibility belongs here, in this office. I accept it. So I pledge to you tonight, from this office, that I will do everything in my power to ensure that the guilty are brought to justice. The Truman administration staggers from disaster to disaster. And now, now he announces the dismissal of General MacArthur. The happiest group in the nation over MacArthur's removal will be the communists and their stooges. Over the question of Korea and the fight against international communism, the president has ignored the wishes of millions of the American people. What price loyalty now, Mr. Truman? That was a terrific speech, Dick. Now make me a promise. Don't get fat, don't lose your zeal, and you can go a long way in this party. I was talking to Pat, and she tells me you'd arranged for a family picnic a few Sundays ago, and you'd, uh, you'd packed up all the stuff, drove down to the Senate, 
went up to your office and put the blanket down on the floor and ate the picnic right there so you could work. <laughs> Is that true, Dick? <laughs> well, Tom, I, I do like to work, and that's a fact. And uh, what's all this I hear about your secretary? Rosemary Woods? It's pretty shocking stuff, Dick. I'll have you know, Tom, That you that never it... once tried to get into her pants? That your wife and your secretary are good friends? Now, come on, Dick, who are you screwing? Nobody, Tom. That, uh, that stuff doesn't interest me. What does? I guess I like to work. I heard Taft that approached you, asking your support for his nomination as Republican presidential candidate in 52. We talked. And you told him no. Why? Because I like to win. Well, you are one of the coming men. Congressman, then senator. Who do you and your colleagues look to? I think we both have the same man in mind, Tom. Henry Lodge has announced that he's putting the name of General Dwight D. Eisenhower on the ballot in the New Hampshire primary. The general is a great patriot. I believe he could be the next president of this nation. If he gets the nomination, someone will have to go on that ticket who can reassure the party regulars, and above all, the right-wingers, that he won't take the whole shebang to hell in a handcart. You need a good party man. Now, we need you, Dick, to run as vice president. Tom, I, I'm not 40 yet. In hours of work, you're older than Ike. You're also a politician, which he is not, and you're a national figure after the Hiss business. You know what Ike said about that? I like Nixon, not just because he got Hiss. Because he got him fair. The press don't like me. Do you want it if it's offered? It could be a political dead end. It could be anything you make it, Dick. Think about it. Talk to Pat. No, I've had enough. I went through elections for Congress, for the Senate. I had to listen to Helen Douglas calling you Tricky Dicky. She lost, Pat. Murray, it's your job. You're Dick's election agent. You have to sell him. I have to live with him. Hey, it's not that bad, is it, buddy? You know what I mean. I want to live with you. I want a family, a normal life where I see my husband, where I don't have to pretend all the time up there on the platform that I love it, that I want it, that I care, because I don't, Dick. I can see how you feel. Dick, you're the junior senator from California. And that don't mean a thing. There comes a time when you have to go up or go out of the game. It's not winning or losing. It's being in the team, Dick. Part of the team. I don't know, Murray. I, I think it has to be up to uh, Pat. You two talk it out. But remember, nobody ever lost in business by having been the vice president. Dick, you're a senator. You talk to people for your friends. As VP, you'll have more friends. Think about it, both of you. It's your future. Then give me a call, Dick. Bye now. Yeah. Hi, Tricia, honey. Uh, hi, Julie. <laughs> I don't want to send the children away again while we're campaigning. If you had to. I told you back when. You'll have to love me a lot, always, to show you care. I do care, buddy. Then you'll say no? For me and the girls? For our life together? For you and the girls. I can say no. Thank you, Dick. NBC brings you the nation's first live broadcast from the Republican convention. The presidential candidate, Dwight D. Eisenhower, the most popular American of the century, accompanied by his wife, Mamie, and his vice presidential nominee, Richard Milhouse Nixon, and his lovely wife, Pat, steps onto the rostrum to receive the plaudits of the crowd. 
the hell's wrong with Pat Murray? It's like she's got a hair up her ass. I guess Dick kind of forgot he wasn't going to do this. That's what he told her? That's what she thought. She'll get over it. She's a trooper. Did he tell her? Tom, what you have to know about Dick is that he can believe two things at the same time. I guess it comes from having a religious background. Murray, I have a religious background. Well, there you go. Uh, turn it up. Haven't we got a wonderful candidate for president of the United States? <sighs> Murray, if I asked you in one word to say what are the two things Dick Nixon believes in... I could couldn't you? tell you that. But I could tell you who he confides in, who his cronies are. Oh, yeah? No one, Tom. Not one damn person in Washington or out knows what the hell goes on in that man's head. Yeah, but will he pull a party together behind Ike? Sure he will. He's Mr. Middle America. Now let's see, shall we? Not calling the Democrats Reds? Uh, not Reds, Mary, but uh, Pinks. What's the difference? Uh, the Reds want to socialize the world. The, uh, the Pinks want to socialize America. I'm not saying all Democrats are pinks, Mary, but uh, the New Dealers are, uh, sure do fit the description. There has been, Mr. Nixon, some question about your personal finances. I have my income as senator and nothing else. Pat and I are, are just like all the folks out there watching tonight, suffering from high taxes and uh, high prices. That's, that's why you should vote for Ike. There is talk of a personal fund, Senator. There is no fund for my personal use. I, I can assure you of that. Is there a fund, any kind of fund, Mr. Nixon? All uh, politicians have uh, expenses, Mary. You know that. Uh, election and uh, office expenses. And have you ever intervened with government agencies on behalf of contributors to this fund? <laughs> well, Mary, Mary I, I haven't said there, there is a fund. Uh, there is, however, a, a new crusade to get America on the move again. Murray, we have to stick it to Stevenson. Show voters he's nothing next to Ike. It's a damn shame Ike can't get out of that above politics. Uh, it's, our, it's our strongest card. The man's a hero. Stevenson's a liberal, uh, an intellectual. Uh... Man who spoke up for Alger Hiss? <laughs> well, we, we can get him on that, Murray. Yeah, but I'm worried about what they can get us on, Dick. You know, this fund is a load of baloney. Okay, a few businessmen back in California have contributed to my election expenses, and that's all. Come on, Dick, that may be true. But in politics, it ain't all. What sticks is all. I like I! Who can clean up the mess in Washington? I can! If you believe as I believe, then join this crusade. What about the fun? I, I heard that. He... He said, what about the fun? Well, well, I'll, I'll tell you folks how it is. You know, I, I did the work of investigating the communists in our United States. Well, ever since I exposed them, they've smeared me with every vile rumor they can invent. They say I've taken money. What they don't say is that I've saved you money. Yes, rather than use taxpayers' money for election expenses, I've used the fun. So, who do you believe? The communists or Dick Nixon? A few more speeches like that and we'll win with the landslide. Yeah, not if the goddamn papers keep printing this stuff. Secret Nixon fund. Rich man's trust keeps Nixon in style far beyond his salary. One day, Murray, I'm gonna hand it right back to these bastards. They just don't like What's you. What's Ike Dick? gonna think about it? This stuff makes him look bad. 
and Tom Dewey. Dick, they can't dump you from the ticket. Of course they can goddamn dump me. If they do, they'll lose. Why are they doing this to me? Who, Dick? The goddamn Democrats, the press, all of them. I tell them they don't listen. I show them my accounts, they don't look. What have I got to have, some goddamn 24-hour-a-day record just to prove it to them? Channel 2 News is brought to you by Rotodyne, the nation's preferred total yard manicure. Tonight in Washington, controversy flared as vice presidential candidate Richard Nixon faced accusations of graft in his election office. While Nixon supporters label the accusations filthy left-wing smears, it is said that senior Republicans are looking to drop him from the ticket. Harold Stassen of the Los Angeles Tribune, you followed Nixon's career. How do you read this? I can't possibly run a decency campaign if Nixon is guilty of this penny-ante graft. On the other hand, Jack, you can't drop him and win either. It's in Nixon's hands. Regardless of the truth of the matter, who does he put first, party or self? Should he resign, Harold? His California backers have released the fund details, and it seems to prove Nixon in the clear. Mm. But public opinion is a fickle beast, Jack, and there's a lot of people out there who agree with Adlai Stevenson's remark that Dick Nixon would cut down a redwood for a stump to stand on to make a speech about conservation. <laughs> Very funny, Adlai. Well, we can be funny, too. Let's concentrate on staying in the race. Eisenhower won't talk to me, Murray. He's cutting himself free. It's those damned amateurs all around him. Old army, old-style Republicans. This is just a political attack. It's a stupid attack. But they believe it. Ironic, isn't it? Yeah? Hello, Tom. Yes, we heard it, too. Look, you want to speak to Dick? Sure, hold on. Dick, it's Tom Dewey. Tom, hello. Dick! Dick, how are you? Well, I'd be a lot better, Tom, if I had a little support from the general, from some of you people. Uh, look, I know it's been tough. I know that, too, Tom. And I think I have the answer to your problem. My problem? Now, I won't lie to you, Dick. There are people here who want to dump you no matter what the consequences. Now, I want you to go on TV, talk to the people, explain your case, see what the public verdict is, and uh, if, say, you get uh, 90 to 10 support, then we're home free. If you get, say, 60-40, you resign. Now, you think it over, Dick, okay? Bye now. You were right, Murray. It's TV. Nobody ever got 90 to 10 on a call-in. Nobody. Ever. It could be the answer. I, I can't do it, Murray. I will not crawl to these people. I have done nothing to be ashamed of. How can I go on TV and... Dick, if they drop you, the Republican Party and Ike will lose this election. Do you want Adlai Stevenson in the White House? God help the free world if he is. So what are you going to do? Quit? Come in. How are you feeling? Sick to my stomach. How do you think it is for Pat? Me opening up what we owe, how little we have for the whole world to see? Pat's a trooper. Uh, Want me to get that? Uh, I will. It's Tom Dewey. When do we leave for the studio? Five after. Yes, Tom? Uh, Dick, there's, um, there's, there's been a meeting of the general's top advisors here. Uh, they've asked me to tell you that it's their opinion that... Uh, well, at the conclusion of the broadcast, you should, on air, offer your resignation as running mate to Eisenhower. Jesus. 
Tom, I've already prepared my speech. You don't have to change the speech. Just, uh, Just add the resignation line at the end. Well, Dick, what shall I tell him you're going to do? Them? Tell them? Tell them I haven't the slightest idea what I'm going to do. If they want to find out, tell them to watch the broadcast. And tell them Nixon knows something about politics, too. We've arranged a set for you, Mr. Nixon. There's a desk, bowl of flowers, and a bookcase. Real homey. Yeah. Can I move around? Can I stand up? Oh, yes. The camera can follow you, sir. Uh, you see the chalk line on the floor? Just stay inside it. Uh, Murray tells me you produce Our Miss Brooks. I sure do, sir. <laughs> I, I like that show. I, I hope you can make me look half as good as Eve Arden. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll do our very best for you. Uh, cash we're putting up for this, you should. Can we have a few moments alone, please? Uh, of course, Mrs. Nixon. You all right? I don't know, buddy. I don't know if I can do this. The way they turned on me, to telling me to resign, that, that hurts. That hurts so much. If I can do it, you can do it. Us against the rest of them? You'll be there? I'll be sitting right here next to you, just like always. All you have to do, Dick, is turn your head and look at me. If uh, you're ready now. Yeah. <clears throat> what, what kind of uh, audience do you think? Water here. Uh, we estimate 50% of sets will be tuned in. You'll be speaking directly to the biggest audience for a single speech oh. in the history of America. Well, after this, I'll be vice president or I'll be nothing. My fellow Americans, I come before you tonight as a candidate for the vice presidency and as a man whose honesty and and integrity have been questioned. I'm going to answer those questions tonight. And yes, there was $18,000. And not one cent of that went to me. Hold him in a medium shot, camera one. He's warming up. But Pat and I have the satisfaction that every dime we've got is honestly ours. I should say this, that Pat doesn't have a mink coat. Camera two, pan left. She does have a respectable Republican medium shot. Go to two. I always tell her she looked good Dick, she's not a goddamn studio prop. right here beside me. She's a wonderful stenographer and has worked... Long hours for my campaign. Back to one. And never Hold been it on paid medium. a penny. Oh, I'm sorry. There was one gift I accepted from a supporter in Texas. Pat in camera one. You know what it was? It was a little, little cocker spaniel in a crate. crate. Black and white spotted. Yes, yes, and our yes. little girl, Trisha, six-year-old, named it Checkers. Yes. And you know, the kids love that dog. That's right, that's right. And I just want to say this right now. That regardless of what they say about it, we're going to keep it. Shameless, but beautiful. The funniest thing I ever heard. Camera two, roll back and follow. Go to two as he stands up. I'm not a quitter. And Pat is not a quitter. After all, her name is Ryan, and she was born on St. Patrick's Day. Give it, take a week. Come on, Dick. Come on. Go to one. Ready end credits. So write or wire the committee whether you think I should stay or I should get off. Ten seconds. I will abide by the decision of the people of America. Remember, folks, Eisenhower is a great man. Believe me. Four, now, right three, to two, one, Address. out. 
I lost it up. Dick, you were great. I'm proud of you, honey. I didn't get out in time. You got your message out, Dick. Right round the lines of the press, round the Republican establishment. You talked to Mr. and Mrs. America tonight. They don't know where to write. Studio. Mr. Nixon, the phone lines are going wild out front. Looks like half the nation's ringing in. What are they saying? Hold on. We're trying to get one of your staff through. I think you really did it, Dick. Right up to the wire. Uh, sir, I've been collating the replies so far. Yeah, ma'am? Overwhelmingly in your favor. What's more, thousands called the Republican Committee supporting you. They can't drop you now, sir. <laughs> well, I, I hope not. Uh, uh, Bob, sir. Uh. Bob Haldeman, I've been working with your campaign a while now, and I never had any doubts, sir. We're going all the way to Washington, D.C. My son, on this day, the 22nd of January, 1953, when you assume office as Vice President of the United States of America, I send you these words. You have gone far, and we are proud of you always. I know that you will keep your relationship with your Maker as it should be. For after all, that, as you must know, is the most important thing in this life. Your loving mother, Hannah Nixon. Overwhelmingly in support of the President, I can assure you the President knew nothing. The presidency is untouched by these... The crowds were allegations, to see and that will become clear. Lawyer, John Dean, give his testimony. Many see Dean Sir. as being at the center of the whole tangled web. <clears throat> what is it, Al? Senator Goldwater is here. Yeah. Shall I... I ask him to come in? Senator Goldwater. <clears throat> Mary, how are you? Sit down. Can we get you anything? Uh... No, thank you, Mr. President. Do you need me, sir? Ah, thanks, Al. No. Good man, Al Haig. He's a, a good chief of staff, but he's not Bob Haldeman. Mm, he doesn't know all the secrets. Maybe that's a good thing, Dick. These new men, they're totally in the clear. Uh, is it true Kissinger was complaining because his assistant got the top job? <laughs> you know Henry likes to see his name up in lights. <laughs> I heard that Rose Woods told him to stop whining and try to behave like a man for once. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> well, I don't have that kind of advice for you. Nobody doubts your courage, Dick. I'm not a quitter, Barry, and besides, I'm clean of all this. I can assure you of that. You have to get out and tell people. You know Mao and Brezhnev better than you know most senators. You've got to stop shutting yourself away. Talk. Listen to other people's advice, Dick. I consult, but I, I, I can't trust them. I appointed Elliot Richardson as Attorney General. And who does he appoint as Watergate Special Counsel? Uh, Archibald Cox, a goddamn East Coast liberal. Hates my guts. Richardson was supposed to be my guy. Damn it, Barry. That... He's supposed to be the law's I guy. I can't trust any of them. Dick, in all the years I've known you, I haven't known you. No one I know feels close to you. If you want friends, Mr. President, you have to make them. Trust is a two-way street. Nobody in Congress likes Dean. We can take the son of a bitch on. That, that's right, Al. He has no evidence. We do have one problem in the conversation where we talk about, well, I'm, I'm joking about the uh, million dollars. Yeah, I haven't heard that tape, sir, but I'm sure you can handle that. They'll, they'll call Bob Haldeman, and he'll, he'll get up and uh, 
back me up. He'll, he'll say I was there, and uh, the president said... Yeah, that's exactly right. You uh, you just can't recall. We're up against ruthless people. They uh, they want to get us. But we have the tapes, and they do not... Uh, and they do not... Dean does, does not know about the tapes. And the tapes can prove what I'm saying. You're listening to them. It's, it's hard, but I've got to do it. Just you, sir. <laughs> Thanks, Al. But, yeah. The goddamn... Water, I mean, I, I never even knew about the Ellsberg break-in, all of it. You were talking about political problems. I mean, God, maybe we were talking about, talking most about a, a cover-up. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know what the hell. I, I honestly didn't know. We seem to be going around getting nowhere. God, I'm, I'm worn out all of this. It has to stop to finish. I, I can't hold it all, all of it together. At the Watergate hearings today, former White House counsel John Dean caused a stir when he testified of a White House enemies list. Dean went on to state that the president knew and was involved in a cover-up from September 15th of last year. What did the president know and when did he know it? On the April 15th meeting, I felt the president asked me a number of leading questions, and it occurred to me that he might be recording the conversation. Why would that be, Mr. Dean? To protect himself. Dean said the White House had a do-it-yourself staff, which disregarded the law, and that Watergate was the inevitable outgrowth of a climate of suspicion and isolation. The hearings continue. The damnable thing is, it it doesn't really matter if everything Dean says is true or not. It uh, only matters if some of it is true. And some of it is? He has no evidence, no no paper, no tape. Then you should release... You know, Al, I, uh, I like coming out here on the yacht. It gets me away. Pat and the girls, and all of us often take a little cruise, relax. Let you see outside... You can use the tapes to show that Dean is lying. We'll release a statement through Fred Buzzard. The tapes can't lie, sir. A statement from your lawyer is only paper. Have you any idea what people would think if they learned I'd been taping every spoken word in the Oval Office or on the phone? Sir, JFK did it. LBJ did it. It's strange, isn't it, Al? All this... It's fuss. It's it's me they're after. Does it go back to Alger Hiss? They, they never forgave me for that. You see, Al, you can't... I can't trust people. They, they turn on me. I must have loyalty. Your staff is with you all the way, sir. There's a lot of people who are ready with advice and help and support. Now, no, look, look at Dean, all, all the rest of you, when it comes to, to saving your own skin, to, to facing that last half mile to the winning tape, even if you're only racing for second to last place. You, you, you quit, all of you, in the, in the end. There's only Nixon. Because people let you down. They, they die on you. Sir? We'll use material from the tapes to show that Dean is lying. We will not release or mention the existence of the tapes themselves. If we hold firm on that, we can weather the storm. Is that that your... is the president's decision, General Haig?
thank you for listening, and don't forget to join us tomorrow for yet another amazing story.